You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, every week. If you are new to the show, we chat all things self-care and self-discovery. And today is hopefully a really tangible way to get more self-care in if you are a parent, because we all know your time has, it changes a lot once you have little kids. So You know, I try to bring in a variety of content, and for those of you that aren't parents out there, I've got 140-some other episodes, um, hopefully that still spark your interest. If you are a parent or you are planning to be in the future, this episode is going to be one you're going to want to make sure to listen all the way through because there are some things that you can start right now to free up more time for yourself. When I work with clients, when I work with self-care clients, and even just in my own life, you know, the biggest frustration that um, moms feel is that they just don't have enough time with work and children. They don't have enough time in their day to self-care, to actually do some things for themselves. And I'm with you. It is hard to squeeze it in. However, there are some serious hacks that we can do starting as young as our kids are two years old, to get them more involved with the family household, to get them more involved with things that take up a lot of your time. And it it really inevitably frees up time for you, for you, mom, for dads out there that might be listening, for those of us that, you know, really just need a little bit of time. We don't need hours and hours to get, you know, massages and yoga classes and all these things done. It's just simple 10, 15 minutes. And today's episode is really going to shed some light on that. So today's guest is Tracy Gruy. She is a former Montessori teacher and a school administrator with over 20 years of experience. She's a mom of three grown kiddos now, one of which is a friend of mine that has been on this show. And she created Nurture Newbies, which was a digital resource for parents, um, really containing all of the knowledge that she's gathered over her years of experience. I wanted to sit down with Tracy to understand, again, how can we carve out more time for ourselves, for self-care? How can I teach my kids self-care? She gets really specific on how to get the kids more involved in the day-to-day tasks at home, you know, meal planning, cleaning, clothing, all those things, and how to show them how to set them up for success and how to carve out more times for ourselves really every day. So again, if you are a parent of young kiddos or you're planning to have kiddos in the future, this is a really great episode for you. Since my conversation with Tracy, you know, I have implemented a number of tips that she's given. Um, It was really like came at the perfect time because I was realizing, gosh, you know, my kiddos are 
three and five and they're like, they can do things for themselves, but I find it often easier just to do it myself. And, you know, part of this process is that it is a little bit of work up front. Yes, it takes a little extra time to show them how to do the things, but ultimately it's going to save us a lot of time in the future. So a couple of examples of things that I have implemented since our conversation, we went out to the container store. It's like, God loves a container store moment. So amazing there and got all these fun containers for the girls to get cereal from the pantry and pour their own milk and, you know, have snack containers and just everything at their level. We moved down some of their snacks into the part of the fridge that they could access. We moved their snacks in the pantry to parts that they could access. So just setting up their food um, so that they can do that more regularly. And since then they have been getting their own cereal in the morning. It's so fun to see them and they just take care of it. Um, getting dressed, you know, empowering them to set their clothes out the night before so that they can just put their clothes on right when they wake up in the morning. Meal planning, getting them more involved with meal planning has been really helpful. What do they want to eat? You know, what kind of groceries do they want so that we can, we can cook together? So since I have been doing that, I also discovered a really cool tool, a digital tool called Loam, which has been really helpful. L-O-M. And this digital tool helps families plan out events and meals and weekly tasks. And you all know I'm a Capricorn moon. So I just, I love an organized moment. This is so easy. It's such a great place to put all sorts of ideas and things that normally would live in my head into one place. You know, everything from groceries or meal planning or, you know, what we're going to talk about in our family meetings. (laughs) It's nice because it even gamifies some of the tasks for kids so we can get them involved and it can sync up to a Google calendar. So, you know, integration, that way I can get it all in one place. I just, I am a fan. <laughs> I'll give you an example of how I've used this. So we do have a family meeting every week. Um, this is actually my husband's idea. He had this idea a long time ago and was like, we need to bring topics to discuss. Everybody gets to bring a topic. And so throughout the week, you know, if something does come up, I'll just put it into the Loam platform so that I know we're going to talk about it on our Friday meetings. Most recently, the conversation has been around volume of your voice in the house. <laughs> It's been, you know, we're working on it. Um, but even you say you don't have a topic for that week, Loam will suggest some topics. You can just jot things down. It's it's just really nice. Take some of that mental, you know, fatigue out and and helps you get it, you know, in a more organized way. I did reach out to Loam um, because I just thought this was such a good tool that you all might want to try. And they are so generously partnering with us on this episode. So if you want to try it, head over to withloam.com slash yoga magic to learn more and try it for free. And that's also in the show notes if you want to check it out. Okay, thanks again to our amazing guest, Tracy Gruy of Nurture Newbies. A huge thank you to our show sponsor, Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Clinic. Seriously, changed my life, has made me feel so much better. Yoga Magic listeners get $50 off their initial client appointment with the code YOGAMAGIC. And thanks to all of you for tuning in every week. If this is a helpful episode, if any of the episodes that you listen to have been helpful in the past and you want to share it with a friend, that makes such a difference. I really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast or I'm at Ashley.Sondergaard. All right, let's get to our conversation with Tracy Gruy. Welcome, Tracy. This is the first time I've had the mother of a past guest on the show, but it works out so perfectly because you have this expertise that I just really 
need. I think a lot of us do. And I'm really, I'm really excited to hear, you know, what you've created with Nurture Newbies. So welcome Tracy Gruy. Thanks for being on the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. And that's the reason why we kind of started this is because I love to share this information. I mean, it is, it's stuff I've worked on for so many years and just kind of been a part of. And it, when, um, I don't know, I kind of went from after college, I start, I was a probation officer. Mm, <laughs> you can imagine. Interesting. Yeah. I worked with adults who were in trouble and then started a family and kind of said, and then my family decided let's open a Montessori school. I'm a finance major. So I kind of got involved in the, I'm the accounting person. I do all the bookkeeping and stuff. Um, and when we opened the school, we all wanted to be trained in Montessori at one level. Cause there's all different levels for Montessori. And so my mom and my sister did, um, or my sister-in-law did the primary, which is like three to six. Mm-hmm. And then my old, my other sister did the elementary. She was already an elementary school teacher in the public schools. And so she went and did that training. So I was like, well, I guess I'll do zero to three. I mean, I really didn't like in my head say, I want to do that, but it was like, I'll do that. I took two teachers with us so that our teachers were trained and then I could help supervise them. And I was just going to keep doing the book work. And I literally just was like, I had three kids at this point. I had um, Taylor was five, uh, Jordan was three and Brandon was a baby. Wow. And I'm like, I literally sat there in the first summer going, why didn't somebody tell me this before I had kids? Like, and it's not like, it's like magic or any, I mean, literally when you talk about what it is, you cut it's, it's, it's just normal everyday things that you can do. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it just, the way they presented it and how you kind of do it is kind of what tweaks everything and then makes it more developmentally appropriate for kids. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't taking what I, I really, I mean, in my head, I wanted my kids to be responsible. I wanted them to have good manners. I mean, we all want that, right? Um, You know, be really nice human beings. And so you're trying to do all those things. And, but when they presented it, I was just like, it was just logical to me. And so we came back and I supervised the staff. I still do all the accounting. I'm still the numbers person, no matter what job I'm in at this point. But I'm running the school for um, over 20 years. And um, in 2019, decided it was time to move on. Um, we had been, our children, my, I don't want to continue the school. And so we were like, well, what can we do next? And so Taylor and I started talking and it kind of happened right around COVID. And we said, she said, mom, let's just start recording stuff. Because I had been doing in-home presentations mm. with, new, with pregnant moms and dads and kind of just giving them the info information. And um, that obviously wasn't going to work at that time frame. And so we just literally spent the whole entire summer of 2020 recording and we launched everything for nurturing these in last January and just been plugging along since and sharing the info via, you know, the online courses and stuff and all of our Instagram posts. Mm. And I mean, we hit, it was a slow growth. Like for a while, we were just kept posting and posting. And in August, we hit 500 followers, like the beginning of August. In November, mid-November, we hit 5,000 and we're at over 15,000, almost 16,000 now. So in a month, yeah, I don't, I mean, literally we just been consistently adding. And I mean, on Instagram, we're just giving little tips. Like, Mm -hmm. and lucky for me, because my children do not have, children yet. I have no grandkids of my own, but my nieces and nephews do. And they are my little muses. Like they Mm -hmm. send me videos and 
they're, they contribute to everything I do. And it's amazing. So I'm very, very lucky to have that help because I feel like seeing it for me, reading and seeing it is a lot better than just telling you about it. You know what I mean? So it's really good to be able to do videos and stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of how nurture newbies came about. We really, I think really COVID made it happen. (laughs) As like many businesses, right. They like kind of came out of this weird time, but like what a way to pivot. And I think there was such a need. So I, you said like, okay, so Montessori for those that don't know, like what that type of curriculum is, can you just describe that and like your training background? Sure. So I'm certified by the association Montessori international that was actually started by Maria Montessori herself. Um, she wasn't around when they be, when the certifications came about, but you know, as time progressed after she was gone, you know, they carried on the legacy of it. And then, you know, just kind of in our society, people want to have a certification. Hmm. And so they became more, um, you know, more definite on what they expected from those schools. And so our school was a certified AMI school. There's other Montessori's and there's nothing wrong with them. It's just your own personal choice. Like when you're looking, but basically what Montessori is the easiest way for me to describe it is it's experiential learning. They're seeing, touching, and doing things with materials and activities and not being taught to memorize things. In traditional education, you're taught to memorize pretty much from the beginning. Like when you learn the alphabet, people are going, this is an A, B, C, they learn the song. But when you read, does that really help you? Mm -hmm. They have to know sounds to read. So in Montessori, everything starts with the sounds. They see the shape of it and they say, this is A for apple. And a lot of people already do that, but just understanding the difference of great, sing the song. That's a memorization. They're learning something and they're singing it, but they don't understand what that means. So always do both, you know, do the song for fun. But then when you see an A or a B, say the sound to your child, because as even as young infants and toddlers, they're going to be absorbing that. They're going to be taking Mm -hmm. it in. They're going to be storing it. And when they can speak, all that's going to start just spewing out of them because they've been hearing you say all that. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, um, again, just more of them experiencing and seeing and touching and doing that where they tend to retain that longer just because it's, I don't know, think about experiences when you're, um, when you were five or six years old, what do you remember? You remember the things you did, not the things you got. Yeah. So it's kind of the same with education. Mm-hmm. Anything you memorize, anybody can memorize anything, but then are you going to remember it later on? I don't know. It's kind of, if it's something you're very interested in, you probably will. I was in traditional education myself, and but I memorized things, took a test and then moved on. And the only thing I remembered is the stuff I liked. Mm-hmm. How long are you in that Montessori curriculum? Like, can you do that your whole life? Or like, I'm thinking about like, is it zero to seven? What is the age frame? Montessori can be from, they have some places will have infant toddlers. That's a little bit less like likely than, than like your zero to three. I mean, I'm sorry, three to six, three to six is primary. And that's, you're going to find that almost everywhere because that's more, they just have more teachers in that aspect. So zero to three training is a little bit harder to get. We just kind of lucked out. I, um, when they offered it in La Jolla. We had to go to La Jolla. We had to live in California two summers to get, because it was a two summer program, oh, wow. but we got trained by um, her name, uh, Dr. Silvana Montanero. She was like, I want to say at that time, 70 years old from Italy. 
barely spoke English. And I don't know, I was just so amazed to listen to her and try. She didn't understand the um, U.S. culture very well, but she would be like, you guys, why don't you go sit and like drink in a chair on the park and relax and not like drive through and get your drink? why do we yeah good question why don't we? why do we do that yeah and then she's like for for babies why do you put them in playpens they should be moving you should sit in the playpen and read your newspaper and let them run around you so in her head it was like playpen right oh my god I want to do that that's great isn't that so cute yeah Yeah. but yeah really in in thinking about it in that aspect that's why I say some of the things they would say to you I just be like oh Mm-hmm. We're confining our kids to these areas and things when they're developing their like um, their movement. You know, they're developing their ability to walk and run and skip and jump, and we're confining them. And if we let them go and we have the freedom to move, they're just going to develop it. You know, you know, in a lot mm-hmm. better, more natural way. So that's. I mean, that was a lot to describe the difference, but mm-hmm. more so of. It's the hands-on approach. A lot of people will describe it that way. I'm thinking too, like when, you know, in, in a lot of the work that I do, like in, in the spirituality space and the self-care space, we think about that, like zero to seven as this very instrumental time where the subconscious is forming, right? Where like these beliefs about who we are is forming. And, and when you have the opportunity to experience, to have that freedom, and, and discover who you are versus like someone telling you, I just, yeah. I, I really understand this. And my kids didn't do, they're in um, a daycare that does like Reggio, which I know is yes. similar, similar, similar. Yes. Um, but you can see this, like you can see that exploration as a part of their life. Right. And like putting like my daughter Rory is so created, like she'll create things out of, I don't know, literally like napkins. <laughs> right. Here. This is so cool. So yeah, and then that's... all of that is really setting that foundation. So as they get older, they were creating explorers. We're creating critical thinkers. We're not creating someone that's doing what you're telling them to do all the time. And that's in Montessori. There's no. T- there's not like a, at ten o'clock we're doing math. At not, you know eleven o'clock we're doing this. There's no schedule per se. Right. It's it's kind of at their own pace. And yes, within reason. You know, the teacher's not going to let them run around and do nothing, but they'll, they may suggest, oh, would you like to get this workout or that workout? And it's kind of like the same at home. Most of what we're doing with Nurture Newbies is how you can not be a Montessori classroom at home. That's it. You don't need to do that unless you right. have no access to any kind of preschool or school for your child. You know, if you're going to do everything at home, then you should pick up some more information about everything Montessori. But what we're trying to show you is that there's ways to bridge the time between school and home. But also in this day and age, I really felt my experience as being a parent. I'm a type A personality. Everything had to be. I had places for everything. I was running myself ragged with three kids. Mm -hmm. I literally we were running the school. We were, you know, it was our own business. We were doing all that stuff. I actually was working part-time as the probation officer at that time. I did, I took, you know, I went part-time there and I was working in school and I'd come home and I'd be a mom of three little kids and I wanted everything perfect, everything in its place. And I did everything. And, and when I went feeling. to the training, <laughs> yeah, when I did the training, I was like, oh my God, no wonder why I'm going crazy. Like I'm not, this is a team at your house. This is all of us together. And this is our house. 
So why am I doing everything for them? Even at two years old, at that point, you know, Brandon was two. They're perfectly capable of helping and being a part of at their own ability level. But you have to step back and say, what can I do to bring them into this? And so the goal with Nurture Newbies was to help bring that overwhelm into more confidence and, and then giving you that ability to see that you can do everything. You, it's hard. Being a parent's hard. You're never going to not be tired, but at least know that you're going to have time for yourself and the children are going to have time for themselves and you're going to have time together and you're not going to be doing everything. Mm-hmm. When I see on these posts, all these moms like folding laundry and doing all this stuff, I'm like, where's your kids? They wear those clothes. Why aren't they doing this at at the time they can sit, you can set them in front of a sock bin and have them be a part of something. They may not be very productive at that point, but if you start and then as they get bigger and they are able to do it, they're going to participate. They're just going to do it because you just said, this is what we do to live. That's what we call it. What we do to live. Mm-hmm. There's no reason your child can't be involved in everything you do. Every house is different. So I, don't, I would never post and say, oh, you have to do this, this, and this because I don't know how you live. I don't know what your daily routine is, but step back and look at it and then say, what can all of them do to be a part of this team? And then they start learning. It just becomes second nature to them. And they want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of the team. Yeah. The thing is, is that they thrive on all. We say practical life. That's a term for Montessori, but Um, And we try to bring it more to realistic for people to understand me, what we do to live. But it's like, what do you do when you get up in the morning? Think about, and then just like kind of sometimes just think about your whole routine of the day and then go, okay, here's what I'm going to do. If I get up and we get dressed, then I just need to make sure I have a spot where our kids know this is what we're doing to get dressed. And then here's your backpacks. If you're going to school every day. Okay. So you put this in your backpack, you put that in your backpack. Now we're going to the car. You grab your backpack and your lunchbox. You got yours. I got this. And if you start doing that, they may put up a little bit of, you know, like there's going to be days where you're going to be like, I'm not taking it. Or they throw a fit and they don't want to do it. You'd be like, I'm really sorry that you feel that way today. We need to go to the car. Did you need me to help you? You know, if they're having big emotions, they're having big emotions. But for the most part, if you set the routine, they're just going to do what you set up for them, Mm -hmm. especially at that very young age. Mm -hmm. They will, as they get older, it becomes a lot different. I'm talking right now, infant, toddler, you know, walking up to about three to three and a half years old. Mm -hmm. Between, you know, four to six years old, they become a little bit more, um, I don't want to say sassy, but they, they're just starting to like voice more opinions. And again, it's, it's okay, but it's like, you're just going to be able to, you're going to address it in a different way. You're going to come back with them and say, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. You, know, where you can't really say that to a, you know, two and a half year old, mm-hmm. you can acknowledge, I see that you're struggling. We can talk about this and, you know, have a conversation, but they really can't talk to you about it until they're about four to six years old, you know, Mm -hmm. like in a, in a way that they completely understand it. This is so timely. And like, clearly the universe needed this conversation to happen today because I was telling you, I've listened to this podcast before this and just like by chance. And she was saying all the same things, right? Like, and why I think this is so important and why this relates to what we talk about in the show is self-care is that women moms are so overwhelmed. Like you said, like literally doing all the things and our kids 
our partners, our family members want to help. They want to help. And we have yeah. to be able to give those reins over so that we have time and space for self-care. And I'm already just seeing like, like I'm a self-care coach and I'm already finding these areas where like, oh my gosh, yes, Lily's five. Like she can pack her own snack for school. She can do that. But I've been doing that just, you know, kind of out of habit. So like what you're saying is these small, you're like evaluating the routines of things that you do every day. Is that like a good place to start? How can you automate Absolutely. it for them? Or like, where would you start? The first, like if you're, so say you already have children and they're old, like how, so you're saying five and then how old? I have a five or three-year-old and then we have a baby coming. So they got so, like, we're going to need help from them. <laughs> so both of them are capable of doing everything. So, mm -hmm. um, first thing is you need to provide the correct, like, you know, materials or items that they can be successful. So if you want them to help in the kitchen, you need to have a sturdy stool that they can get up to your level. And now you're going to have to have two for sure. Cause the five-year-old probably can't quite do the get to the sink. But so you think about, okay, in the morning, I'm going to do you pack the snacks in the morning or in the afternoon? I mean, at night, what do you do it the night before or the, the night morning? before usually? Yep. Yeah. So while you're making dinner, you say, okay, what's your five-year-old's name? Lily. Lily, it, you make your snack for school right now while I'm making dinner. So she's busy doing something. The three-year-old figure out something, you know, you can make things up if there's not something they actually need to do, but you're like, you're in charge of rinsing the silver off in the sink, you know, put them up to the sink. They love water but now here's a way they can actually play in the water and they're busy doing something. They feel purposeful and you're making dinner and they're not running around crazy. That was the first thing that oh my I God, saw you're describing my house. Like the <laughs> screaming. Yeah. Like five, Taylor was five. Jordan was three. The Brandon was one. And my Brandon, that kid just God loving. He was all over the place. I, <laughs> I literally would be like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I could not take my eyes off him. So making dinner, where is he? Where is he? Like I, I was going crazy and the other two, they were just doing their thing, but you know, they were, I never had them be involved in what we were doing in that, mm -hmm. at that point yet. So when I came home from the first summer of training, I changed all that. Everyone had stools. Everyone had jobs. When I was making dinner, someone was setting the table. Someone was doing this. Someone was doing that, you know? And all of a sudden the stress level just decreased. Yes. Because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't have to do it all. They're perfectly capable. Why have I been, you know, just stressing myself out all over this? So literally things just started changing. When I did cleaning, they all had a job when I was cleaning. Like you got this, I, you got that, you got that. When we went out, you know, dad went outside, they all had jobs outside. We did everything. We tried to make them involved in as much as possible. And yes, it does create more work for you. It's it does. Right I would now. never say it's easy, mm -hmm. but what you're doing is you're kind of front loading. You're saying, right. okay, I'm starting this. I'm giving them routines. I'm showing them more responsible. I'm showing them more team. We're doing this all together. It's expectation. You know what I mean? You're just saying, here's how we're going to survive this thing called life. Cause there's a lot going on and everyone needs to be a part of it. On the back end, think about all this time you're spending with them. Everyone's always worried. Am I doing enough? Am I spending enough time? You automatically are when you put them involved in what you're doing. It's not like, oh, I got to hurry and do these dishes so I can sit down and read with them. They're doing the dishes with you. You're talking. You can be talking and conversations with them while you're doing that stuff. You know what I mean? Laundry. Think of how much you can talk about while you're sitting and doing some of that stuff. So you're spending time with them. Right. You're, 
it's crazy. You won't be stressed about that then. It's really, and so that's where I say that part becomes easier. In your head, you're going to be like, oh, God, I can do it. When you read them a book, obviously reading is so important, but if they just sit and read a book, they're not really getting quality out of you. You're just reading them something. You know what I'm saying? So when you're spending time doing practical life, you're talking about life with you. You can tell them stories. They can tell you stories. It's a totally separate type of engagement you're having with them. And having both of those types is really great for them because now they're seeing, oh, this is a story in a book. But when I'm with mom or dad, grandma, whomever, I get to have conversations and talk. And I feel like some of that is really missing in this you know, generation and we need to bring it back. We just need to educate people on do everything. Don't just try, don't just think you can read my book and they're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. Books aren't the only way to learn. Right. Take them out, you know, right. Take them out and doing things. And that experience. kind of falls back on the experiences again. Yeah. I say, don't buy them all this stuff. You don't need to buy them things because they don't remember that. I kind of said that already. Like, do you remember what you got it for your fifth birthday party from your mom and dad? No. Create something special that you do every year. That's the same, but they know every year my dad and mom are going to take me to the park. I'm going to get a rose and I'm going to have lunch with them. I mean, it doesn't have to be like great grand gestures. It's just all of a sudden something that they know is going to happen every year. And that they remember that they remember the time they spent with you, not the present you got them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel we took our kids everywhere when they were (laughs) younger. Like, I mean, we went to Hawaii and I'm not saying people, not everybody can do this, but I mean, we just lucked out and, you know, we went to Williamsburg, we went to New York, we went to, we took them, people like you're taking your kids like, oh yeah, I wanted to expose them to as many things as I possibly could. Yeah. At that age, things are like amazing, you know, camping, we did camping. I don't like camping, but I did it because they needed that experience, you know, and it's just, they remember all that stuff. So that's, that's why I I say, I mean, Montessori is experiential. So yes, it's Montessori based, but really it's life. I mean, anybody can incorporate this without even knowing a thing about Montessori, because it's just think about experiencing life itself, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. experience it for yourself too. Friends, you remember back to last year, I aired an episode with my amazing integrative medicine doctor, Dr. Cassie Wilder of Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center. That was episode 82. Well, Dr. Cassie and her team literally changed my life and they helped me to start feeling good again. I had forgotten what that felt like. Because I was struggling so much with hormone imbalance, digestive issues, and really low energy, I tried every natural remedy in the book, but nothing was working. Then I started working with Dr. Cassie and her team, and I finally had solutions. They helped me clean up my gut, helped me with my acne, got my hormones in check, and my energy came back. I started to feel like myself again. What I love about integrative medicine is that they actually sit down with you. you They listen to you. They spend significant time with you. And your doctor talks through the struggles that you're experiencing and things that we can do right now to change that. And again, they really listen. My friends and other listeners of Yoga Magic have seen the Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center team for everything from hormonal imbalances, acne, anxiety, adrenal fatigue, and even just stress and burnout. So this team can help. 
And here's the best part, you can work with them virtually. If you have a busy schedule or simply aren't anywhere near Minneapolis, they've got you covered. Having personally worked with Dr. Cassie, Dr. Danielle, and their whole team, I cannot recommend Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center enough. So listen up, friends. Yoga Magic listeners will receive $50 off their new patient appointment with the code YOGAMAGIC through June 30th, 2022. To schedule an appointment, check out the link in the show notes and make sure to enter Yoga Magic into the referral code section to get $50 off your new patient appointment. This is a super good deal and it's a really great way to start 2022. So one more time, use the referral code YOGAMAGIC, one word, when you book a new patient appointment with Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center. So I am so lucky because I know two of your children um, and I know Taylor pretty well now. And when I think of Taylor, I just think of a lot of joy. Like she has so much energy, so much life, so much, I mean, enthusiasm as her show is called. Um, How do you think that we can instill joy and enthusiasm in our children? Like what, what can we do now? It kind of still comes back to all that experiential stuff. When we were doing those things, I mean, they're learning, you know, they're exploring, they're learning different ways of doing things. And when we would do give them a new experience, we'd always spend time talking about it. So it doesn't have to be, like I said, if you can't do trips, you can't go places, then think about within your state or within your area, what are things that they can go out and do? Our kids just found like, I don't know. I just feel like that, that the excitement of seeing and touching and doing, you can't really describe how important that is and how amazing or how different it makes. Cause think about if somebody just told you something or remember when you were in class and you're reading a book and then they're like, Oh, do you remember that? And you're like, mm. I mean, so I think by seeing things and doing it, it just made them appreciate it more, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the other part of the joy and the enthusiasm is we always were very real about there's times in life when things aren't going to be happy. You're very sad. You're upset right now. Let's sit down and talk about it. You know, those are, t- we, you have to be a real stick with your kids and say, everything isn't always perfect in that recipe. You know what I mean? I mean, nothing's perfect. We all, I think all moms say that to their kids, but it's like when you actually have that time to show them the difference. I also think that then they do appreciate um, that enthusiasm and joy more because, Mm -hmm. you know, now they say, oh, there's two different things and I can live through this. I can be sad. I can be frustrated. I can be angry, but then I can also step on the other side and we were like, what did you learn from this? What can we do better? And how can we make this a more positive experience versus a negative? So in Montessori, they always say focus on the positive versus the negative. So by telling your child, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, instead of saying no, 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 you're focusing on the positive stuff. So that's building that foundation of them understanding when they're older, again, between like four to six, you know, when they hit that level, um, between five and six is when their brain changes um, from more of the absorbent, we call it the absorbent mind from zero to six, meaning they're taking things in, it's being stored from zero to three. They're doing it without being conscious about it. You know what I mean? It's right. just happening. In Everything like they see, do, state. it's right. Wild. They're just, it's kind of just going in yeah. from three to six. They kind of start understanding consciously, you know, Oh, okay. This is making sense. It's funny. If you, you watched your child between two and three years old, like that 
if you step back and observe, you'll see that click in them when it goes from unconscious to conscious. It's so weird when you understand and know to watch for it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then at six, their brain becomes more like an adult brain where now we've, if we're going to teach them something, they're definitely going to have to work at learning it. So we have six years people (laughs) and we need to do a lot in those six years. No, no pressure. But (laughs) the point is, is that in those first early years, if we can focus on here's what we do versus here's what we don't do, then we're not bringing all this negative energy into them. You know, it's like, so I always try to say your feet belong on the floor. We don't climb on the couch. Only use the word no when it's dangerous. Mm. For people that have already used the word no, by the time a child's one, they've heard it so many times, it means nothing to them. It's, it, they just look at you and go, okay, whatever. I don't, you've said it to me a million times and I don't care anymore. Think about it, you know? So instead of saying no, you can use this. This belongs to dad or whatever. It's that redirection. A lot of people say redirection, but they maybe don't quite understand what that means. You have to physically give them something else or move them to another activity that's okay instead of just telling them no. No, don't touch that. They're like, why? Their brain wants to know all these things. Why, 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 why? They just can't say it yet. So instead of just saying, don't do that, say, you may do this, this is dad's or this is dangerous or whatever. So if you, from the time a child's born, if you only use the word no, when that was dangerous, they're going to look at you and stop what they're doing because they don't hear it all the time. Mm. At our school, we had to use the word stop because we knew, I mean, again, no one really thinks about don't say no, (laughs) you know, like they start touching things as an infant. Nope. Nope. That's not yours. Nope. Nope. And even now, I mean, even with me knowing all this training and doing this for 20 years, it's still instinctual. A child starts to do something and you're like, no, no. And then you're like, okay, I have to say something else. And then you make yourself, you know, you kind of step back and then say it the correct way. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get rid of that in your own head because it's been ingrained in us for so much. We talk about language and how important language is to the development of a child. And it's, for me, it's the secret tool. If you can have conversations and explain to your children from the very beginning, as if they're your equal, you are giving them such a powerful foundation of how life is and what it is that when they get older and they actually are consciously, you know, making decisions, they're going to remember all that, all that stuff that you taught them. You know, when you're solving a problem, even if it's a young child that can't speak to you, tell them what you're doing. Oh, I'm I'm really confused about this. I'm trying to decide this. What do you think? You know, we should do this, this, and this, or this, this, and this. However you process things, but you're explaining to them. Now they're hearing you do this and they're, they continue to hear that. Then all of a sudden when they can talk and do things, they're going to be like, I'm going to do that. You know, they're just going to automatically do it. Mm -hmm. So speaking and using your words all the time. And sometimes people just, it's kind of like one of those things that somebody just tells you, then you realize, oh, just talk to them, you know, and don't use the word, sorry. I don't know. Sorry is another one. Yeah, that's another one for sure. Mm -hmm. People, I mean, and it's, it's with good intentions that we use the word, sorry, but we're not teaching our child anything by telling them to go say, sorry. We're teaching them that you could hit somebody and say, sorry. And it's okay. It's okay. 
Yeah. So we use in Montessori, it's um, we ask them to tell what behavior they're going to use next time instead. So you hurt your friend, whatever it may be. Next time, what could you do? And then you say, now go tell your friend next time I'll use my words and ask for a turn. I will not hit you. I will not do whatever, you know what I mean? Instead of saying, sorry, it was interesting. I saw an Instagram from an, a, a, like a psychologist telling adults not to say, sorry. And I was like, well, it's an interesting, if you start before they're, they can even talk and that would even be better. Mm-hmm. They just don't need that. Well, and we say sorry for just for things we don't have to be sorry for. I mean, it's such an automatic True. word now too, right? But like maybe just pulling it out of the vocabulary is a good place to start. So I want to tie this back to self-care because I think that like when, like I, well, like I was telling you before we started, when I hear all this stuff, I kind of go into panic mode. Yeah. Like I, I have a five-year-old, I have been doing some of these things, but not really all. It's like, we're just kind of, a lot of us are just figuring it out as we go. And it sounds like maybe you were in that same boat, right? Like you learned mm-hmm. this when Taylor was five. And so we can, you know, it's not too late to start. No. Not at all. And it sounds like, you know, I think this is like this experience is a great place to start. When I think about the energy to do these things, to like invest in this consciously, right. I need to be in a good spot myself, <laughs> like a very good, like I'm slept potentially like somewhat, you know, just like things right. like that. What outside of teaching your kids how to like help? What are some other ways that we can ensure that we're in a good place to be doing this? Like, what is your, and maybe this, I'm, this is a more personal question than, than your, what you do in nurture newbies, but like, how do you prioritize self-care? So you have the energy, the capacity to be your best in these, in these moments. Well, when they're little, the hardest part is the time. And it, you really don't have a lot of time to be on your own. Right. So you have to, I even, I would say, let me just share some of the more recent experiences. I see that my, not my, like my nieces and nephews and what they do, because I mean, when I did, it was a long time ago. My husband was more of the, when they can walk, I'm going to help you out. He did not, he couldn't do the baby stuff, which, and, and that's happened sometimes. And that's totally fine. I was very much a, mo- a nurturer type. I could be fine. I was fine with it. Plus again, because I was that type A and I didn't really know Montessori then I wanted it my way. Sure. I had to like, I had to let go of that, you know, because I realized that by letting go of that, I was doing so much more for my child by letting them kind of do things and sometimes letting them, you know, make a mess that I didn't really think I wanted to clean up. But on the other side, I also needed to make sure, like you're saying for me, if I needed some quiet time or I needed just to chill for a minute. I would have them chill too, because Mm -hmm. they actually need it too. A lot of times we don't realize this, but they need to have silence or quiet or something too. And when you say to them, it's time for us to have our quiet time, mom needs a little bit of time, then you're showing them. Sure. I'm important. You're important. We say to create a space in your house whether it be two separate spaces, maybe near each other, especially if your kids are little, when they get bigger, it's a little bit different, but where you can be your space and this is quiet and their space. If you can't create a separate space, then it, wherever it be, this is the quiet time. And we're going to sit down and you can look at books or you can do this, have two experiences, you know, two op- options for them. When they get older, you can then kind of separate yourself a little mm-hmm. bit more and have that time. But 
I also think it's very important to have a mom night. Uh, most of my nieces, they have one night a week. They're, they leave. They leave the house completely. Mm. One of them is a stay-at-home mom. One of them is a mom that works. She's upper administration, you know, in, a, in, in medical. And they still make sure that they take the time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And you just have to schedule it. You're scheduling everything else. You're scheduling appointments. You're scheduling things. And I think that by doing that, I, I probably kind of subconsciously did that. I had, a, I had to compartmentalize myself because I was doing so many things. I'd be like, okay, this is the time I'm doing this. And this is the time I'm doing this. And I just, it worked for me. But nowadays I really see that leaving the house is probably better for moms. They really need to get out and get away. Mm-hmm. Even if it's an hour, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's only an hour at first. And you say to your husband, listen, if you can't do it, I'll find someone else to come watch him. But I need to be out of the house for an hour. You know what I mean? I just got to have this time. I feel like husbands figure it out at some point. So. I was just going to say, I'm like of the generation that's like, I, I need partners to be involved. Like, I don't know if yeah. you read the book, um, fair play by Eve Rodsky, but it's like, so interesting to talk kind of what you're talking about in terms of just the mental load that mothers carry that women in the household carry and how we can delegate, we can delegate yeah. to these partners and we can delegate to other people. And now like to your, to your point to, to our kids, like we can yeah take some of this off our list, please. <laughs> yeah. Th- I mean, really, if you think about it, I mean, it's going to take, it takes a while at the beginning. And honestly, yeah. like, so the first thing I did when I came home is you have to make it successful for your kids. So you can't expect them to do what you're doing without giving them the proper tools. So I had to make sure that I had things that were their, their size. I'm not going to expect them to sweep or vacuum if I'm giving them an adult size you know, machine or whatever. So you got to figure that out. (laughs) If you're asking them to wipe things off, an adult washcloth isn't going to suffice. Cut them in half, cut them in quarters, whatever you got to do. That way they can be successful. You know, so you have to step back and think about those things. I moved everything from the top cabinets to the bottom cabinets that belong to them. I pre-did things. I put uh, little creamer pitchers, you know, those little silver ones. I put juice, milk, and water in the fridge already poured to the amount that would fit in a cup and their cups were at their level. So we did snacks and we did it together on Sundays or whatever. It doesn't even have to be on Sunday. It can be whenever you want, but this is the day we're going to make all the snacks. So we would, I would pre-measure them and put them in little containers just at the beginning. When they get bigger, you don't have to be so, you know, I don't know, so compartmentalized in that aspect, Mm -hmm. but at first, just so that you kind of decrease the amount of messes you're dealing with. Sure. I don't want them never to make a mess. Don't get me wrong. They have to understand. Like my niece is, um, has a little girl and she's, she's the one that we you'll see in our videos a lot right now. Um, Savannah. And she now knows if she spills something, she goes to the drawer, gets the towel and comes and wipes it up. Is she doing it exactly how her mom wants her to clean it? Uh, probably not, but she knows because Every time she made a mess, her mom walked over to the drawer and said, here's the towel, a drawer she could get into. Here's the towel. You need to go clean it up Mm -hmm. because it was her mess, not her mom's mess. So now she just knows. And she's literally 14 months old and she just does it. It's crazy. But I'm saying that's because it's a matter of fact situation. When you make a mess, you clean it up. At first, you can't expect them to do that. You're going to have to repeat and repeat 
The five-year-old, it will come fast. It's not going to take very long. But with the five-year-old, have conversations. You can't just up and change everything on your kids and then go, they'll, they'll flip out. You know, it will be so, kids are already used to your routine and kind of your schedule, whatever it is. And if you uproot and change everything, that's very difficult on that age group. So you have to say, here's what we're planning. I've learned just some new things this week. And here's what I think we're going to be doing. And then you just lay it out and explain it to them. Hmm. Then when you change it, you say, remember, we talked about this. This is new. It might be a little confusing to you at first, but we're going to work through this and we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep doing this, but this is going to be our new routine. Then they're fine. They're like, just explaining it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you walk in and tell you walk in and tell your partner, let's go. We're changing things. You know, you don't have any conversations. (laughs) Sometimes I just do it. (laughs) And that's okay too with kids. Like you can have it, but for the most part, it's kind of respecting them as life itself. Mm -hmm. Just because they're tiny doesn't mean they don't deserve you to respect them. Yeah, We need to respect our kids from the time they're born and have conversations. You know, can I pick you up? We, We expect other people not to impose on them and do things. We get really upset about that, but we're doing the same thing sometimes by just expecting them to change in the flip of a coin for us. Okay. We're doing this now. I know. Just give them a heads up. Mm -hmm. Mm. This is so aligned. I'm just really, I'm really excited because I think it opens up a lot of doors for other parents, people that are thinking about becoming parents and and want to, you know, just maintain some sanity through the process because it is, it's just a lot and there are ways to make it so much fun and so memorable. It sounds like you've really done that with Nurture Newbies. Can you just tell listeners a little bit more about the courses and how they can access those? And I know that you are super generously offering a a discount or 10%. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Welcome. Um, So our courses, our digital courses are on our website at www.nurturenewbies.com. And we post um, on Instagram at nurturenewbies.com, you know, pretty much two to three times a week with little tips, whether it be how to use language or activities you can do. Um, I don't know when this is going to be posted or, you know, um, out airing, to everyone. Yeah. Airing, yeah. Sorry. Um, but like uh, we're doing stuff right now, like different types of gifts. We did some gift ideas mm. and now we're doing gift activity ideas. So it's kind of fun. One of my favorite gifts is the pizza basket where you buy the pizza sauce in the squirt bottle and just <gasps> this little tiny pizza pans. I'm actually getting ready to put those together for gifts for Christmas. But um, we posted my niece and nephew's little boy and girl doing that was his birthday gift. And he, they love stuff. Like, I mean, he opened it. It's, it's in the video when he opened it, he was so excited about it and they went home and they set it all up and then they make their own pizzas and they just think it's the coolest thing ever. So it's fun. It's really fun. So I try, I, that's where I say, try to give them gifts that involve them doing something Mm -hmm. and sometimes very just normal, what to do you live type of situation. So it's fun. But yeah, so check out our Instagram for all those little tips. Those are all, you know, for out there for everyone to, you know, check out. And then on our website, I do have a free video for pregnant moms. Um, we talk about the first developmental aid that we recommend for when you're pregnant. Wonderful. Oh, Tracy, this was so fun. Thank you. I learned a lot today and I just, Oh, you did. Oh, good. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I, we do family meeting once a week with my little oh. family of four where we like 
bring up anything that people want to bring up. And like sometimes the things might be fabulous. It's really fun. And I think this is going to be like the topic of conversation is like, girls, you are so smart and strong. Like I'm going to just have you do more things. (laughs) Let's go. It's time. Well, and I think presenting it to this is our house and we have to do, there's a lot of things that have to be done for our house to survive. And, um, by showing, just telling them, like, I'm doing this, this, and this, and now we're all going to do it together because mm-hmm. it will just help us all to have time. And so when you're, and then you're saying, if they want to have like a special, um, free time, or there's a certain thing, like start planning that with them. If you're already having those meetings, you can say, okay, this week, what special, you know, activities should we put on our, in our, you know, plan for the week. And then they know, oh, we're going to do this, this, and now we're going to have, this as our special activity for the week. And then they just have things to look forward to, but they're a part of it, you know? So they're then they part just, of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they will do everything with you because they just know, oh, we're going to do this together. This it's again, they're with you. They love take advantage of this time because they are not going to want to be with you when they get bigger. They're going to want to be out on their own when they're teenagers, they're out and gone. So this is your time and this will save you your sanity. I promise you. I, I mean, it, it seems hard at first, but once you get through that little hump of like, oh, oh my God, I have to rearrange my brain a little bit. You will be so amazed at how calm you become. And not, I'm not saying all the time because kids are kids, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to, there is going to be crazy, but for the most part, you will decrease your level of stress and I feel like then you have the ability to give yourself the space to take care of yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those, the reason we can't take care of ourselves is because we, we're so stressed all the time trying to get everything done. Giving to others. Yep. yep. Right. Right. So, and I, like, I applaud this generation for making it super important and talking about it. It was not really talked about when uh, we yeah. were raising kids, you know? And so you guys are doing the right thing. You're getting out there, you're getting this information out to people and I'm just, I'm glad to be a part of it. I think it's really cool to have the combination of, you know, taking care of yourself and your kids and empowering them to understand that because now they're learning from you. So when they become parents, they're going to be like, uh, let, let me explain something to you. I'm going to have my time and you're going to have your time and we're going to have our time. <laughs> right. And it's all going to work great. Right. Yeah. It's all working. Yeah. Oh. Perfect, Tracy. I'm just, I hope everyone checks out your Instagram again, nurture newbies, and then also the courses you can use the code magic 10 to get 10% off of one of the courses and, or I guess all of the courses. And it's just a great place to, you know, learn a little bit more about this process so that you can be your best self. Everyone let your kids be their best selves. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Tracy. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. I had a great time with you today. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you want to check out any of the Nurture Newbies courses, you can get 10% off when you use the code MAGIC10. And again, make sure to check out Nurture Newbies online. You can follow us at Yoga Magic Podcast, and I'm at Ashley.Sondergaard. Have a great week.